was it like getting used to uh, doing the choreographed steps and then while playing the songs? You have to. Well, it's all they you you practice learning how to keep time first because all okay. your steps are going to be in time. So first you practice the whole set through, like the whole the whole um, like a set. Yeah, you play the whole set. Sure. But you play it you know, just keeping time, like marching in place. This gotcha. way, when you actually start learning the moves, you're already used to on being on the right foot at the right time. Yeah. And then everything is pretty much choreographed to the hash marks on the field. They uh, use like the football field. So you actually field use the hash marks yeah. as guys? Yeah. Interesting. Seeing behind the scenes, that. I like that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know they you actually make, did that. It's all, it's all like, uh, yeah, you use like the yard lines and the hash marks to know where you're supposed to be. Interesting. And then you just kind of, like, it's like counting, like, you know, how many... And at, it was a little bit easier, I think, for us as a percussion, like being on a drum line, because you, you're already automatically counting bars. Mm -hmm. So you know, like, by by this part of the song, I need to be, like, in 16 bars, I need to be at the 20-yard line. Yeah. So you, you know, you can kind of map out in your head how how long it's going to take you to That's get there. That's amazing. So Florida gets a lot of rain. What did you guys do during in the we rain? got wet. <laughs> did you, like, have to, like, wrap your instruments or some bullshit or do something? Uh, like we would keep them up. We actually, I went to a... Uh, a high school that was lucky enough to have two sets. We had a practice set of drums, and then we had a really nice set of premieres that we used on the field. So we would, on times when it rained, we played with the Yamahas, yeah. and then, w and, you know, when we uh, played on the field, we played with the premieres. Nothing yeah. against either brand, respectively. It just thought the Yamahas were the older ones. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice man. Well, that's enough drum core talk from the host. Yeah. Let's jump into the show. That's interesting. Thanks, Chad Sexton. Right, Chad Sexton. That's right. Right. We're listening to a three eleven. And uh, it sparked a conversation about drums, which I, you know, being I, I love. Chad even though they're a drummer. California band, uh, being from Florida, like the another coastal area, like we were, everybody in Florida loved Three Eleven. It was like one of those like beachy, sunshiny, but still had enough punk in it to yeah, not dude, be. Every time I've gone to Florida on vacation, which if you're from Tennessee, you do that all the time. That's oh, like yeah. your spot. So uh, whenever I see a cover band, cover band down there, they always they're always doing Three Eleven covers. So. As yeah. well, they should. Them and yeah. Sublime, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, because for some, you know, we do have great music down in, on the East Coast. It's just, it's uh, th that that punk influence that came out of, out of the California, out of the West Coast there. It uh, really goes well with that that white boy reggae. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Them white boys. <laughs> but we didn't come here tonight to talk about reggae music. Although I can talk about reggae music all night. So. I mean, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. Let's just, just change it up. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I tell you, man, I uh, went to Jamaica two, I would, not this past September, but the one before that, when Hurricane Irma came through, because I got stuck there during the Hurricane Irma. Yeah. Uh, worst places to be stuck. You did it on and, purpose. Right? <laughs> the nicest people, though. And, uh, yes, super nice people. Uh, did they? It is not... Um, an exaggeration when they talk about like the weed culture there. There's, it's you cannot. I went like okay, so I told the story before, but like the their ATMs are in like little phone booths, so they're like so you step inside of it to use the ATM, so it's not like you know you're kind of by yourself. And uh, at least the the two or three that I went to were. Yeah, are you listening, America? This this is what needs to happen, right? Yeah. So, but even in the booth like the atm booth it was just like it was all it was never not hot boxed it was always smoked like there was weed bet, like somebody yeah. was just smoking there <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm like uh it was it was That's funny hilarious. and i was like i went to the, i went to a, a guy who doesn't smoke weed went to a place that all like most people go for that reason just to go to jamaica like that's like the reason why a lot of people so many people like you know so kids. so people walk down the street smoking that shit i, I don't 
I don't see anybody like just blatantly uh, puffing on the street, but like you smell it everywhere. Like I'm, uh, I'm sure they're like you know, sitting down. Like there was a job site. I was there like during the week, and there was a job site going on. And it's like just people were out there smoking on their lunch break. Like we would smoke cigarettes on our lunch break, you know. Something. Do they have OSHA? Is that (laughs) (laughs) not a thing? No. I don't know if OSHA's made it down the. I think OSHA was down the street drinking because I'm sure at the other parts of the. uh, I went to Montego Bay and Ocho Rios. Ocho Rios was a lot more of a neighborhood, like like more of a town. Yeah. Montego Bay, you could tell it was party city. The same way, like I didn't. I don't think you can judge the people that were hanging around Montego Bay as like the rest of the population of Jamaica because yeah. kind of like you don't want to you don't judge the people that hang around on Broadway as all of Nashville. Yeah. So you know you go down there to get debaucherous. But I really want to. I really want to judge. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, just a, a little bit. A little bit. Have you I been have. to Jamaica? I've not been to Jamaica, but I have seen a video of a lady on a bird scooter just eating it, and that was posted on Reddit. So yeah, if you look on the Nashville enough. subreddit. It's it's sad. I mean, it is really really sad. Like I'm I'm sad that she she ate it that badly. But that was Broadway. That's what happens. Yeah. Did she survive? What? Why is what is? I mean, we're talking with a, a local Nashville business owner. We'll and we'll do proper introductions here in a minute. But before we get to that, what is it? Our city has become littered with bird scooters to a to like like to an egregious amount. Like Dude, those things they are have everywhere. And I, I don't even know how they... I've seen they, a lift scooter, too, How do though. they work? They have those as well. Oh, yeah. Really? Like, I don't even know how yeah. they work. Like, how do, what is it... Like, where do they come from? They, they, they be, all of a sudden... This is one of those things that pass me by in pop culture. Like, I don't... All of a sudden, they're a thing, and I'm like, well, I, I don't know anything about it. Well, why do you want to use your legs when you can use wheels? Sure. And you got a credit card. You got an NFC-enabled phone. Just, you know, swipe your phone or uh, enter your credit card. I don't, I don't know yeah, how I exactly it works, Walk but when you can scoop? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I'm not sure I would ever do it, but... I don't. I'd, I'd be afraid. I know, like I have life. rented those bikes that you can get like um, a couple times. Where like you rent them with, and then you like you know you can rent them on Demombre and then drive downtown and drop yeah them the off red downtown. ones yeah. But uh, like the scooter, it's one of those things too where uh, definitely look dorky as shit. Every time I see people, I, I'm, I'm like, like, okay, so you don't you know I again I uh, you don't want to just blatantly judge people, but I although as fun as it is, and I think I do believe a healthy level of judging does help people actually stay on point. I gotta say, I've seen a lot of drunk people on them. It's usually like two drunk dudes on one, one scooter. You know what I'm saying? Like two of them, like well, trying to get to the. Because that's never a good idea unless you're a drunk. Like there's I've never that, two yeah. dudes. Are, like me and Chris, and we're never gonna be like just going to get our haircut and be like, let's, uh, dude, you want to scoot? Can I get in the back? I don't know, man. Can I ride bitch on your scoot? I mean, like, it's good for like as far as you know. I guess people calling less lifts. It's good as a bigger as the city grows bigger. You know, to cut down on sort of you know. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those Greenhouse things though. Like much like drinking like out of a out of a straw, at like like a, at a bar or something. Mm-hmm. It's like there's not really a manly way to do it. I've see, like you see these no. guys, like you see these big guys that come, like these big like rednecky dudes that come down here like to Broadway to like to go to all the hockey tonks and stuff. And then you see them like with their boots and their plaid shirts, just on this bird scooter, and you're like, this is this. no, no, it's no. not gonna happen. Some guy in a cowboy hat, <laughs> 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 scooting on by. <laughs> No, only one tailoring does not endorse or condone the use of uh, drunk scooting. <laughs> Do not right. drink no. and scoot. No, never. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, coalesce, cogitate, and cavort with us. This is Share Your Buzz, episode 163. Uh, I'm Tony. Chris is here. Oh, I want to say I'm Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. We do it different every time. We should just lock down to something that we that we say. Do you want to start over? <laughs> no. Do you want to? You should say. I was we you, should actually. introduce each other. You should introduce me, and then I'll introduce you. Uh, 
Yeah. This is Tony. So we're joined tonight, guys, by uh, actually a, this is like a, a year in the making because we tried to make it happen before and they just both got busy because you're always slammed. Yeah, but uh, try not to be. Not yeah. the drunk kind of slam, just very, no, no. very busy. We're always very busy. Um, and we have lots of fans and come through here. We have lots of businesses come through here. But I can say that this is uh, a business that I've used multiple times and something I've always been super interested in, like as like a real world job that I like I never really got to talk to anybody about. Because this is this is not like just something that uh, I got to tease. I could see you doing this profession. Really? Actually. Yeah, I could see you doing it. Yeah, you got the fingers for it. Well, see, you know, yeah. we're joined by our buddy Aaron McGill from Only One Tailoring. Howdy, Only One, right, uh, right here in Nashville. Um, let's get some plugs out of the way first off, sure. man. Let's tell everybody where, um, where they get your info and like where you're located and everything. Uh, so we're off Eighth Avenue South. Uh, Twenty five oh eight is the actual physical address, and uh, you can find us online, OnlyOneTailoring.com, and um, you can find us on Instagram, OnlyOneTailoring. So you got your own brick and mortar? And yeah, yeah. Own so brick and mortar. You can walk in the door, see us, watch us frantically uh, scoot around uh, yeah. the shop trying to make things fit, trying to find stuff that we might or might not have misplaced in all of the madness that is the shop. And you wow. guys, I don't want to oh, – you know what? I'm going to save this question. So let's let's start at the beginning, though, man. Like, this is a um, – one of the things that fascinates me about uh, – and. I might just be nerding out on something that seems very mundane to you, but I really am fascinated in this kind of stuff because I like these old-world sort of um, trades that are still very popular and very useful today. Like, there's a, there are, like we know there's machines out there that can mass-produce clothes on racks, but, um, but you guys are still busy all the time because people want your service. They want those... Those uh, those custom made stuff. They want those. They want clothes to fit, dude. I didn't know right. how addicting it was. It's like you know how like the first time you get a tattoo, you want to go back and get more tattoos. Yeah. Like I did not realize how addicting it was to get a, a jacket that fits like it's supposed to freaking fit. Especially a guy my size, I, I can't just go in a store and buy clothes off the rack. So the first time I took uh, a sport coat into only one to have like the full like dude they took they took the shoulders in, they um, sl- um skinnied up the sleeves and brought them up. Like it and it like it was felt like it was fits my body when I put it on. It looked good. It looked good when we got done with it, and that was oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. And it was, dude. It was. It's so. Uh, it feels so good to have clothes that fit. <laughs> yeah. it, it does get. Addictive. So how do you get into something like that, man? Oh Lord, uh, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> I guess. The the the, the Weave quick us and a tale. Ah, well, the the quick and dirty version of it. Um, my mother started when she was uh, hey, quick and dirty. Yeah. Um, my mother started when she was uh, six years old under her mom um, over in Western Kentucky. Um, my grandmother would make clothes for random people around the town, and uh, mom basically did the exact same thing. Followed in her footsteps. Um, by like. 15, 16 years old, she was winning competitions and being like second place up against nice. ladies that have sewn for the majority of their lives, you know, 30, 40 Is plus your mother years. Or your grandmother? That was my mother. Yeah. That was my mother. As she, uh, as she succeeded my grandmother in, in doing it. Um, from a young age, I kind of took like a, a liking to it. We had 17 horses. We lived on like 400 acres in Western Kentucky. Um, that we rented and my sister took on to horses. I took on to staying inside with, you know, a sewing machine and a needle in my fingers. And um, 
when I was just about finished with fourth grade, mom and dad uh, approached me, and this is highly illegal. I don't suggest it. Um, they, they said, do you want to stop school and take the apprenticeship with your mom? And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I'll do it. You know, little nine, ten-year-old me was like, yeah, sure, I want to get yeah. out of school. I, w- I want to be a tailor. Yeah. Um, and so this, this story could end way differently. Uh, Damn, so you've been, grace. you've, this is like really young. Yeah, yeah, really young. I, d- I decided. Um, Were you homeschooled, I assume? Nope, nope, not at all. Um, no formal education, no nothing like that. Obviously, I'm not like illiterate. You know, math is still pretty <laughs> strong. But, um, you know, my life has been spent doing nothing but tailoring. That's that's wow. it from pretty much five, six, seven or more hours a day, seven days a week. All I do is sew. Um, now it's kind of died down a little bit, you know, as, as we're Monday through Friday, nine to mm-hmm. six. Guys, are you listening? And from from taking the apprenticeship with her and learning what she had to learn, working with who she got to work with, like she was making clothes for Faith Hill, Louise Mandrell, um, mom would open up the the theater that Louise had over in Pigeon Forge. Um, I just followed in her footsteps, kept on going, and back in, I think it was 2009, she signed the stock certificates over to me because we're an S-Corp, um, which is very, very smart. Um, so this is a continuation of the business, right? Yeah, it's a continuation of the business. Um, she fell ill um, like 2007, breast cancer. 2010, breast cancer took her. Mm-hmm. Um, not long after that, dad passed away from leukemia. Uh, followed her not not long after and I mean they were college sweethearts so uh, it was kind of meant to be that he decided to to go be with her depending on what your religious preferences are and uh, I took over and I saw the need for diversification so we started reaching out to all manner of individuals rather than the country artists that we were almost Mm -hmm. exclusively working with Rascal Flatts um, uh, Gary Jodon and, and Jay they basically paid our bills for eight years straight. So you, it wasn't like working your way up to that. You came in to a business that was catered to already to working with the, with, um, I mean, I, I didn't mean for that, that, that might've come out wrong, but like, uh, I, like as a good thing, like you, you like right off the bat, you were doing high profile, uh, like high profile um, business. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And if you, if you guys know, uh, if you, if for anybody out there who's not into uh, country, and you've ever seen like a CMA awards, not easy things to make. <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm almost always backstage with Brad um, every year, ever since he first started hosting. I'm really? always backstage. Um, Dang, you know it's, what? It's, it's fucking, I'm sorry, but you know what is freaking uh, amazing is that I, uh, okay, so I used to be way more into music than I, uh, country music than I am now, so I used to follow it a lot. And I remember watching those award shows a lot. And when I first started getting into, uh, trying to get my clothes like trying to spruce up my have my wardrobe and everything i always came i always had like an a an eye or a uh, a desire to want to dress nice because i had this grandpa that would he was one of those old school italian guys that would never come out of the bedroom until he was buttoned down slacks that he wouldn't come to breakfast until his hair was combed buttoned down everything so and i just i always had this idea that like you know no matter what style you're into try to be presentable if you're a man and you're going to go out if whether you're a skateboarder or a, or a businessman you know look look the part or look look presentable do the own best, your, own do your the look best. yeah so when i got when i finally got around to either getting old enough or getting you know well off enough that i can afford to get some clothes made i was like uh or tailored i remember right after i got the jacket done from you guys i remember watching the cmas that year and 
or I think maybe it was vice versa, and this might be what inspired me. But I remember watching Brad host it, and watch and noticing that his like how the the the, the shoulders on his jacket were like right where like his shoulder line was, like where they were supposed to be. Like it looked like it was natural, and it so, you know you watch these. Uh, there's no bigger pet peeve of mine personally than, than to when you're watching, especially sportscasters. Then because uh, for some reason the guys that are buff cannot fit in suits. Right. So. It's a, but like with the shoulders that like hang off and like, and then when I when I saw Brad on that and then might have you might have made that you probably made this jacket most likely. So I'm like, you you might have inadvertently inspired this this see I see with your business plan here you inspire <laughs> people to want things that you do and but yeah I think that actually that CMA that I saw that jack him wear that jacket uh, was like yeah, I, I could do that I can look good in something like that you could pull it off yeah. So are you creating these clothes, or are you just tailoring something that's... I'm curious, like, when you work with these uh, these big guys, these stars, you're creating a, a whole new piece? It depends. It depends on yeah. what, number one, what budget is, um, sure. what what the stylist find. Because a lot of times we work hand-in-hand hand with the stylists that, that operate the, the style. They have the yeah. vision for what they want this person to look like. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. assistance from management on how the artist needs to be pushed, Got you know, that you. kind of thing. Okay. Um, so the stylist, one that, that I work with, is, is almost like a second mother to me. I've been working with her for uh, about 20 years now, wow. something very close to 20 years. And she she styles you know multiple artists throughout Nashville, and she'll come to us and say, I can't find this. Can we make it? Yeah. And so I'll either make it or I'll facilitate making it with my team of tailors that I have that are outside of the shop. Um, or I'll sit there and make it with my own hands with one of the guys that works with me at the shop. Mm-hmm. And dude, you have a like a Santa's workshop in there going on. I, you walk in there and it's like a, there's people doing all kinds of stuff. It's chaos, utter chaos, but I love it. Yeah. Do you have, do you have 311 pumping in the background when you're? I used to. I used to. Ever since we had to, uh, we had to switch over to uh, what is it? Uh, Pandora for business, and we all know mm-hmm. what uh, Pandora for business does. Don't play as much music as you would actually want when it comes <laughs> to variety. So if you try to play 311, they start to play all kinds of stuff that I don't like. Yeah. So we keep yeah. it, we keep it to what other people enjoy. Sure. And it's super. You know, you make it sound all hectic, but it is super professional when you walk in there. You guys are always are on point. Uh, but now it's like, damn, talking about, you know, doing all these big stars. When I walk in there with a with a ham on my Levi's, you, you guys <laughs> right. are like, yeah. Yeah, put that in small time. Well, what we what we do, what we try our best to do is, it doesn't matter if you walk in the door with a five dollar job or if you walk in the door with a four thousand dollar bespoke suit that you're wanting. Every single person needs to be treated with the same respect, care, all that other stuff. And actually, you know, the people that we're listening to right now, three eleven, they they kind of helped form and mold the beginnings of my life. Not only you know my parents and stuff, they really taught me my morals, my ethics, and how to treat people. You know, I I attribute a little bit of that to three eleven. Uh, one of their verses, one of their verses is um, uh, everything you do comes back to you, whatever it may be. Um, and it continues on when the day is done, what you receive is the sum of what you took out from what you put in. So it's talking about karma. It's talking about yeah. treating people nice. It's talking about living nice. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we that's what we base our business after. That's what every single person that works under me knows. Every single person that works for me has been told the same thing. I'll never ask more out of you than mm-hmm. I myself will give. That just comes rolling off the tongue because I've told it to every single one of my employees. So if you create 
a positive environment for your people to work in, then positivity just flows out of the business. Yeah. And, it, and it comes in. Everybody that walks in the door is like a friend. I mean, when Tony yeah, walked yeah. in the door, hopefully he felt immediately, you know, welcome, friendly. Yeah, especially this particularly, uh, you know, this last time, it wasn't actually Aaron that that, uh, that helped me, but uh, I, d I thought maybe he was out for the day. Apparently he was in the back, and, when, you know, when he saw me, he came out, said hi. He's like, hey, man, sorry, I'm, I'm busy back there. I can't talk, but I'm. He, but he made it. He stopped what he was doing to come out and say hi. Uh, cool, so it would definitely, I definitely feel like, uh, and, he, you know, sometimes you go to a place, because I think we've all had that, like, that hem job or something that you get at the store when you buy the pants or something, and there, nobody cares about how you look, you know, but I feel like every time I've gone into only one. Hem like job they, sounds like they, some sort of. <laughs> I know, it sounds like <laughs> sexual. That's, that's extra. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> But they always, but some, you know, you feel like you want to say in how you look, and you don't want to just give it up to somebody else and be like, because you know, everything is like there's a certain level of well, you you want it, you know how you like it, but but, and then there's a professional, uh, per, uh, like um, I guess I could ask you about this. It, the, uh, is there does modern um, I'm thinking whether I want to ask this question now or wait till after, but I'm screw it, I'm just jumping all around here. Is that does modern um styles or trends affect like do you guys have to keep up with that to kind of like if someone comes in you know especially for bespoke stuff do you if somebody says hey i want you know this european fit or something that who now that's a tough one um when i'm dealing with somebody when they walk in the door and this is speaking from my perspective only um i think my employees also basically feel the exact same way because they were trained by me but when somebody walks in the door I'm always eyeing them. I'm talking to them. I'm finding out, you know, who are your peers? How old are you? Mm -hmm. You know, are you gaining or losing weight? Um, what do you look at in style that you like? What, you know, do you want to get away from what your grandfather wore? Or do you want to go back to what that was? Mm -hmm. Was your grandfather well-dressed? Did he wear, you know, a narrow suit? 15 years down the line, when I'm asking somebody that same thing, people are going to be answering, yeah, my grandfather wore a skinny suit. Um, but now we've got... You know, grandfathers from 50s, 60s, uh, 70s sometimes, where the suits completely changed. I mean, we saw a huge change. So I'm always trying to read people, always trying to find out what is best for them. And then when they put the garment on, the garment also speaks to us. It, it tells us what it needs. It tells us how it's going to be altered. It tells us what it wants. And, you know, the, the eyes of the person that's wearing the garment also tells because your eyes go to where you see issues. They always linger. And that's why that three-way mirror, which my grand, uh, my gr grandmother, uh, grandfather built for my grandmother. Nice. Because um, she owned a, a men's tailoring shop or a men's shop in Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, so that's how old that guy is. Um, that three-way mirror lets me see all four of you. It lets me see your left, your right, your front. And then I'm able to see you with my own eyes, you know, from the back. And it, it lets us envelop you in, in our knowledge. So when you tell us something that you see, which is normally a question we, we always ask, like, what do you see that's wrong? That's our, almost always our first question. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we lead in with what we see is wrong because everybody has different tolerances. You know, some people may want a little bit further off the shoulder. Some people may want it a little bit shorter or longer on the sleeve length. And all of that comes down into personal preference. But at the end of the day, it's it's the tailor's job. It's our job to say you probably should look at maybe potentially either modernizing or changing your style just a little bit because this is going to look better on you almost from a third-person perspective. We always, we always see pictures of ourselves. 
and we think, what in the world were we wearing yeah, at sure. that point in time? Oh, yeah. and, and we don't want you walking out the door and then saying, oh, yeah, I got this altered by only one tailoring. And your friends are sitting there looking at you in the back of their mind. They're like, oh, goodness, what a they how? you walk out like it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. a long-winded answer to that one. but No, it's, it's, it's interesting because the, you, there's a certain level of like how – you, I, you want that. You want, like, a, I do anyway. If I walk in there and I say, like, hey, I want, you know, these to look a certain way. Because we have this idea in our head all the time as a customer, like, or it's like that you, you have this, it's the same thing people do with haircuts or like, or it's, or it's, it's advertising in general. Like, you put like the hottest person out there on the, as a model and then you want to buy that product because you think you're going to look like them. I, I could walk in there and be like, hey, dude, I want a reservoir dog suit. Uh, and, because I, I think I'm going to look cool as hell walking down the street with my my skinny tie on, but I'm, I might put it on and look like a damn dork because I'm five foot four and I'm, it doesn't look good on me. Yeah. So it's a uh, I you tr- you want a professional opinion to kind of be like, you know, you know this this will look better on you. You might you might get the look. You might somebody with your experience might help somebody like me get the look I'm looking for, if that I don't even know I want because you know you you're used to looking at different body types and it's things. Cool, like it's that. cool. Everybody gets their own little personal touch. You know, it's like. Do you guys do ladies' clothes as well? We do everything. Wow. There's yeah. not many things that I've uh, that I've found that we haven't been able to alter. Prom but dresses. again, <laughs> dude, we do it all. I've I've worked on uh, all kinds of stuff, um, yeah. from like all the way down to like underwear, all the way to like wedding gowns, everything in between. Yeah. Uh, you want to get? We should get some sh- matching. Uh, some share your buzz undies. Some promotional share your buzz. Uh, Mankinis. We're gonna have to man produce. Man produce. Man produce. Man produce. But yeah, the 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 personalized touch. It has to be tempered by. It, it has to be softly tempered. You you can't just go out and say this is what you want because you may be changing years of training on what yeah. this person wants. So you can immediately alienate them. I can't tell you how many people have walked in my shop and said to me like, "You're the first person that's actually listened to what I wanted, rather than tell mm-hmm. me what I should look like." Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes me sick to my stomach when people suggest or demand that this is how you're supposed to look. That's that. It's not you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't tell people that. Yeah. Got to keep the customer happy. That's Absolutely. Sure. I was um, listening to some, because uh, this is how pretentious I am. I listen to podcasts about men's fashion and stuff. But I remember, like, I don't know if it was like in a podcast or in some GQ article or something about like, uh, um, like you, sh- if you're uh, getting a suit made or having a suit tailored like you're supposed to leave like there's like a plus or minus what was it like 10 pounds or something you're supposed to leave in there to like how does that work you guys like just ruffle the fabric (laughs) up in the (laughs) well there's certain areas of allowance that you can have um a lot of times it'll be distributed in the side backs like uh for for like a suit coat for instance or a sport jacket whatever you want to call it um your your side back panel will have just a little bit of ease in it. By ease, I mean it'll have extra material in it. Um, your your center back generally won't have much of an ease because if you go monkey in with that, then you're gonna change the entire spine. You're gonna change the curvature of it. You're gonna change the way it lays up against the small of your back. It's just disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of guys, and I'm speaking directly to gentlemen here because I'm, I'm talking about suit coats, um, a lot of us will gain in our lats. A lot of us will gain in our love handles area. You know, I'm fighting that, I'm 36, and I'm oh, like, yeah. where are these coming yeah. from? And the side backs are the most effective spot because it's almost the midpoint in between your your front gut and you know your yeah, yeah. Your, your tire in the back. Yeah, you can pull a little so, extra right there. Yeah, so that generally speaking, you know, you can get away 
in bespoke with about 10 to 15 pounds because of how specialized it is. On average, I like to leave, you know, five to 10 pounds mm-hmm. worth of change in or out. Chris, do you ever have any uh, <laughs> custom clothes made? No. I'm such a dude. Dude, I want it so bad. I would love to have a custom suit because, like, I do want a more modern, sort of skinnier, slim suit, you know, but... Euro style. Euro style. I just can't afford the shit, man. Like, they're so expensive. Well, according to the powers that be, we're fixing to start shifting off into, uh, what is it, 1980s, 1940s, the looser bigger, style. The looser style. Is I that coming back we don't back make now? it that far. I don't want to look like look, Ross oh, from Friends. Here's a, <laughs> right? Here's an interesting something, though. Like, we always heard that, um... Okay, like, uh, like styles can come and go. If you find something that works for you and that's kind of like in the, that's kind of, uh, kind of fluid, like or kind of like um, transcendent. That kind of you can, you know, transcend styles and find something that looks good on you and just kind of grow into that, stick with that. And you can alter little things here or there to kind of keep up with the times. But like for me, I found like a style of of jean or pant that I know fits me. I know if I get this certain style of pant and then I take it to only one and get them as long as they get the length hem- hemmed up, I know I'm gonna it's gonna be my style. And I can mix and match it, and uh, yeah. you know sometimes I get them if I, you know when I get my uh, if I want a pair of pants that I'm know I'm gonna wear like with dressy stuff I might get them a little shorter so they sit around the ankle, and then if I'm getting like some bum in jeans I might want like a, a full break or a half break in right. there. So, so what's that movie Crazy Stupid Love? I love that uh, that scene in Crazy Stupid Love where he goes, "You're fortunate as a man your age." In the, in the fact that you can literally change, you can redo your entire wardrobe with like 19 items, you know, or something like. Basically, yeah, a few pairs, a few jackets, a few pants, several shirts, and you know, a bunch of ties and five pairs. to six shirts, four to five suits, a couple sport coats. Yeah. yeah. If you're not counting accessories, then yeah. dude, you're good to go. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's all you need. The uh, somebody, I, I, the older. Um, I get maybe I just or maybe maybe it's my grandpa coming out or something, but I feel this drive to want to dress better, not necessarily like fancy or nice, but just be well groomed and well well put together. You want to exude the confidence that you've gained over yeah. your years of life. That's basically all it is. Yeah. And that uh, y- you be don't. I'd people would would misjudge me though if I dressed really nice because then they find out I'm just like some. <laughs> But see, you don't. But see, you don't. I think when I say dress nice, though, I don't mean. I'm having a great job, but yeah, like I don't. But what I mean, definitely not. You know, like I, I don't necessarily mean going out in a three-piece suit every day. Mm -hmm. But you know, you put on a nice button-down that fits you, and a nice pair of jeans that actually sits where they're supposed to sit. Don't be that guy with a bunch of leg at the bottom of your shoe. Like, oh, I hate that. It's glorious. It is. Yeah. Because it always seems to like it. It bunches up, but then there's like that part above the bunch where it like s- like sucks right down to the ankle, so that yeah. it looks like you have a skinny, 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 skinny ankle, yeah. and then it, there's all this yeah. material at the end. We yeah, call yeah. it broken leg syndrome because it almost <laughs> always goes to one side or the other, <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. looks like you just like footloose a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so what was uh? I think we I think we broke the ice enough with some of the uh, the serious stuff, but Uh-oh. I'll. Let's talk about some of the some of this wacky stuff, man. Like I want to know. Any I just said wacky. That's right. I'm bringing it back. But I want to, you know, we know you do a lot of stuff uh, for both the the plebeians and the the elites. So, but let's talk about some of the weirdest shit, man. Like, have you done have you done anything that was like that you're like this person wants this really? Uh well, 
Um, Obviously, he won't give the name out. Yeah, yeah, I can't, can't give any names or anything like that. But I, I received a call back when we were first getting really popular, um, when Nashville was actually starting to find out about us. Uh, I had a, a lady uh, email up and was like, I, I need to have you know, some bras fitted. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. So we ended up altering the bras. Uh, so <laughs> I've done that. Um, we have, like okay. I said earlier. So you went and took the measurement and all that jazz? And- yeah, yeah, we did that <laughs> fitting. And, I mean, you know, we... we Is this a famous person? I'm curious. No, no, not uh, a famous uh, person or anything like that. Just an average Joe like you and me. But, um, you know always try to keep things as professional as humanly possible. So she possible, had her favorite bra. I guarantee you she loved the way that bra felt. It just wasn't the right size. Like, well, I it was it was an older doing. lady that had um, uh, actually inherited the bras from, from her mom, oh, and she loved the way that they fit, and she was trying to figure out if she wanted to have ones custom made and uh, just opted to have them altered. That's you know? a good point, man. It's like, you know, there might be some stuff out there that I bet, does, I bet that happens a lot, right? People inherit stuff that doesn't quite oh, yeah. fit, and they want to keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. So what else have you done that's crazy? I think I cut you off a little bit. No, no. I mean, that's that's kind of the only thing that really comes to mind. The rest of it yeah. is just so, like, mundane, everyday. I mean, it's all the stuff. Nobody wants to be naked, so, I mean, sure. we normally just work on I mean, outerwear. Yourself, but, but. <laughs> I, I, uh, we can't. You guys can't see it, but uh, Tony's, Tony's a little risque. I mean, I... You know, I do the, the podcast. That, that's that's what Chris has been telling me for months and months and for years now. He's like, we should do a video. And I'm like, I don't want to put pants on. So I'm just glad the table's tall. That's yeah. all. I'm gonna say, it, guys. it used to be uh, clear, so we used to yeah. We used to have a clear table, which it was it was awkward. Yeah, I kind of miss no. that guy though. Yeah, round table there. This brings us a little bit more intimate. I, so, don't, I don't think we need to follow with that word after what we just talked about, right? Well, we're at the halfway mark. We're going to take a quick break. Quick break. Yeah. And Aaron's going to do a song for us. (laughs) We'll be right back, guys. God, I knew you were going to ask me that. I'm bad with names, but I'm really good with the songs that are on it. It was that song that 311, or the album that 311 did. It was that one. Oh, that that one. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of worked backwards from 311, sort of. I I got the self-titled album first and then went backwards to get the the earlier stuff. Dude, I asked for... I asked for the the blue album, the self-titled album, mm-hmm. for Christmas one time for my great aunt, and she got me Transistor, and I was pissed. Well, what's funny is the blue album is not oh well, now, back then it was considered late in the game, but now you know they've got, they've got so much material that Dude. the blue album you know that would be like yeah because yeah, if you if you're starting out on on their uh, really catchy reggae stuff that's come out you know in the last however many years, then yeah, and then. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. Going yeah. back to me, the Blue Album was like, yeah, dude, rocking that shit in my car with a system. Mm-hmm. You know it, man. I remember popping Transistor into my CD player for the first time, and yeah. I was I was pissed because I wanted the Blue Album, and she got me Transistor, and um, I remember popping in Transistor and listening to the first three songs. I was like, it, it changed my life. Yeah, it changed my, and to this day, it's still my favorite album. Yeah, it's it fit like one. 21 or 22 songs in there with a couple of hidden tracks. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. You know what's Dude, funny? what happened to the art of the hidden track? It died. Yeah. Right. Well, there's no tracks anymore. I guess you can't you can't hide a track on iTunes. Uh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish, that, that one song you could, uh, I think it was at the last of the album. It was about his mom or something. It was the most depressing, stinking song. Mm, I never I forget I never which album it guy. was. Keep it hidden. Yeah, Ooh. Ooh, I remember. You know what turned me off of Hootie was there's this one kid we were on a trip or something for soccer, 
And I hated this one kid. I just hated him. I hated his musical taste. I hated everything about him. And he was huge into hooting the blowfish. It's like, I refuse to even listen. You know? <laughs> like, there's no you, way. You need to go back with virgin ears and listen oh, to that, that, that luscious sound that Darius can make. It's I mean, what I, what I hear... Hell of a voice. Hell of a voice. I hear Darius oh, yeah. sing. It's like, I understand why the dolphins make him cry. <laughs> Ooh. That's depressing. That's yeah, depressing. Actually, well, I, I actually like Tootie. I actually have a transistor memory. I remember that would have been, say, 90... It's 97 when it came 97? out. 97, okay. Yeah, I was definitely... I mean, I was working at the grocery store. I started working there in 95, I think. And I remember I would take the buffer machine after the doors had closed, you know, go around and I'd mm-hmm. run the, the wet vac machine, then I'd run the, uh, the buffer machine. But uh, I remember rocking that album. Like oh, on the headphones and like I think I had a Walkman at the time or something like that mm-hmm. like the CD was and uh, yeah it was great Let's talk about how much better the Walkman was than the portable CD player like you can't yeah. you couldn't walk with a portable CD player it would skip every yeah. time you took a step well that's no. the thing you had to pay the big bucks and get one that had the anti-shock stuff uh, yeah, you had, had, you had like, to get a decent one you yeah, know, one that had like 5 to 10 seconds worth of buffer or whatever yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah you had to get one that, that would do that you know even car radios had that at first remember like CDs that would skip in cars yes Oh, Kids man. these days, they don't, they don't, Kids they don't know it. Days. Yep. Welcome back, everybody. We're back here. Uh, Tony, I do miss tapes. Chris, and Aaron from Only One Tailoring. Hey, hey. Right here in Nashville. Uh, seems like a staple in the area. I mean, you guys are. I didn't uh, know anything about uh, not only you know the, you guys, but like the how much I liked you know getting clothes that fit. And then after using you guys for a year or so now and then talking to you tonight like i didn't realize that you were uh you had been here in this town that long staple staple or a safety pin i had to fit in a dad <clears throat> joke so man uh we were talking a little bit in the first half but i'm interested in some of this custom stuff you do yeah. Because you know everybody, I think the the average person has gone in and getting you know maybe the shoulders taken in on a suit or maybe you know a hem or the cuffs taken up, but like you can go in there and make a suit for somebody, and From not scratch. not not just Brad Paisley. Like you can make a suit for anybody who comes in the shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the wonderful thing about the way that it works, I've got a couple of different systems. One is is made to measure. Which, if you if you look at the way Indochino does things, it's very similar to that. Only you you walk in the door, you actually try on a physical garment that is a master garment. It's one that, you know, my tailors because they're not made in house, they they have this pattern that can be altered to fit directly to your body. So if if we try on this master jacket and we say, all right, the shoulders are a little too wide or a little too narrow, or your sleeve rotation, you know, if it bunches in the back or the front, then we rotate the sleeve three-eighths of an inch or whatever. Then that pattern changes specifically for you with your name on it. So every single jacket that you have made fits the exact same way based after those measurements. Mm -hmm. So each iteration over and over again as we figure out what your personal style is and uh, what your personal fit profile is, then we just get better and better. Same kind of way with Bespoke, only Bespoke is made right here in Nashville, right here in-house. My fingers, the gentleman that works with me, his fingers, um, we make a pattern specifically to you. We can knock off a jacket that you've got, that you like, uh, maybe you don't like certain things about it, then we change the pattern Keep to Bespoke, matter. Bespoke, what is that? So, <coughs> the, the, the major difference between Bespoke uh, and Made to Measure is Made to Measure is um, kind of 
by its own name uh, descriptor. So made to measure, you take measurements or you take like a master garment like we have mm -hmm. and then an existing pattern that, that just happens to be in a database somewhere is altered to your measurements. Um, and then the garment is made based after that. Where bespoke is the old world style. Um, it's the way things used to be made before we had computers, mass production, <laughs> that kind of thing. Sure. So bespoke, when you walk in the door and you're like, hey, Aaron, I want a bespoke suit. I'm like, okay, it's this much. What material do you want? What are we looking, what are we looking for? And we go through an entire profiling process. You know, we take your weight. We take your height, we take a little bit of you know your weight history, like have you changed a lot? Where do you see yourself in a few years? Where were you a few years ago? So we can kind of judge what we think your body is gonna look like in five years, because you're making an, an investment. Mm -hmm. You're making a long-term investment. Um, so we, we go in and we make a pattern based after your body by our hands. Um, and then we make a canvas. So the, the hair canvas is normally four to five percent actual physical hair. It could be camel, it could be horse, and then the rest of it is is you know fibers, man-made fibers. And that canvas is what lays on your body. It lays over your breast, and it lays over your belly. And what it does is it contours to your body. So. I don't know. I mean, uh, Tony, you're you're an Xbox guy, so you know Halo. You know the Mjolnir armor, sure. uh, that that gel padding in between the Master Chief and the outside world. It, it molds directly to to the body, and so the outside though is just pristinely smooth. Mm -hmm. That's the goal of the hair canvas. So that fitting uh, each each canvas. There's two in each jacket. Um, I've never really seen three because that's not possible, but. Um, each canvas takes about four hours worth of handwork, and and not including patterning or anything. Each each canvas takes about four hours to make, and then we alter it if it needs it. So that's the intimate process of bespoke. If that doesn't exist, then it can't be bespoke. Mm. It can't be what everybody is now calling bespoke, which is a very bastardized term huh. in in today's marketing language. Bespoke and made to measure are not the same. Hmm. Well, got some knowledge dropped on no, there. No, of course. So more, yeah. more, more goes into it than just the canvas. Yeah. Sort of in, in so going in, like yeah. if I was to walk in, like if Chris and I were to walk in off the street, and we just want, like, what we, what I guess mo what most people think of is like, you know, a custom suit is made to measure. But so taking it bespoke is like that next level. Next level. Next level. Yeah. It's like I said, intimate process. You get to learn. Uh, we get to learn your body. You get to learn, you know, our knowledge. And it is a hand in hand process. And we've had, you know, quite a few people come into the shop with our competitors, people that, that sell made to measure, and they end up letting those people go and working with us and having a bespoke suit made. Uh, budget has to be there, and I mean it's not you know prohibitively expensive, but it's not inexpensive. There's sure. about fifty to sixty hours worth of, of work alone in each suit. Oh wow, yeah, it's it's hmm. intense. So, interesting question, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but what are we talking here? <laughs> well, I mean, it, hey, it's on our website. It's going to send uh, me back. <laughs> starting out like a two piece suit, you're looking at thirty two hundred plus material. Wow. So 3,200 is labor and then your material. And, and I tell people, you know, kind of jokingly, but, you mm -hmm. know, an icebreaker, you know, you can go to Joanne's and drop a coupon and get you know, some Kona cotton for five, ten bucks and, <laughs> you know, bring it yeah. in here. I'll make a suit. I'm going to complain about it initially, but I'll do it if that's what you want to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, 3,200. I, like I like the idea of paying $3,200 for the labor and then going and buying $10 worth of, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, of yeah. I hope it has like some flowery frills or something on it too, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. the uh, some Joanne mom 
was in there. But <laughs> it's like the reverse of uh, making a sleeper car out of a Dodge Neon. Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and then made to measure, obviously, is much more affordable. Clearly, you don't get the same kind of fit that Bespoke would give you. Sure. Um, but you get really darn close because it's backed by me. I've been doing this for almost like three decades now. And now that I'm 26 years into doing it, hey, I'm rounding up. You know, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. three decades. It sounds better than 26 years, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to say quarter of a century. And that just made so, me sound old. Yeah. yeah. Go with um, Three decades sounds sounds better on the yeah, on, on the marquee. It's got a nice nice <coughs> ring to it. So. so okay, so you know, let's say uh, the bespoke. I mean, that that sounds like something you do special occasion. You save up for that. You do that for uh, you know to if that's like one of those things. Like uh, some guys want like a Cadillac, or some guys want like a Rolex, and some guys may just want a bespoke suit. Right. But let's say you know something made to measure is something that me and Chris can say. Hey, we you know we want a nice suit for going out. Like, you know, let's say we go out a lot, or let's say we're hosting an award show or something, or we're doing, like, a special event for the podcast. Hey-o. We uh, do, like, we can come in, and it's without, without, you know, obviously quality costs money, but a regular guy off the street can come in and get a nice suit made to measure. Sub 1,000. Yeah. You're talking, like, 895 for a two-piece, and with that, you get... I mean, with our system, you get... You call it Sub 1,000? Sub 1,000. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, hey. Um... <laughs> Sub-G. With that, you get yeah, you get like uh, three to four hundred different materials to choose from just in that line alone, yeah. um, and I can pull from just about every single manufacturer in the world. Uh, I, I'd prefer to pull from a place called Huddersfield, England. Uh, a gentleman over there named Ryan Taylor that runs Huddersfield Textiles, fantastic guy. He's become a personal friend of mine, and he's nice. a mover and shaker. He's he's incredible. So I mean, cloth from wherever you want it for the most part. Sounds like you're getting around there a lot of cool people, man. Uh, yeah, none as cool as you guys. Whatever. <laughs> That's interesting, man. There's just somebody in. Yeah, a, yeah, it's like you keep dropping all these names of like I'm sure there's some cool. But that's that's interesting though. Are there people in the sartorial field that we that uh that you guys that you look up to that you're like that you fo- that like uh that you follow that might be like oh I want to be like this cat or not not that you want to be like him or that I might be like is there somebody like I guess we all know like the name brands that we know like that the normal people know, but uh, I'm sure it goes beneath that. I'm sure there's you yeah. Know, I mean, uh, aside from my mom, I mean, this sounds really cheesy, but I mean, she's what molded me into allowing this business to even exist. Like if it hadn't been for her, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. I would literally, you know, I don't know what I would be doing, honestly. Um, So definitely mom. Um, Again, sounds cheesy. Um, Oscar De La Renta. When he passed away, man, we lost, we lost a gem. That, That dude... I mean, I, I've worked on a lot of Oscar pieces. I've got in two my of his life. ties, actually. But they're, they're good stuff, man. They're old school, but yeah, they're, they're cool, man. But we, um, I mean, I, I've worked on gowns of his for some of my clients for the CMAs, and when you open up a De La Renta, you are opening up something special. Nice. Um, but when it comes to so, the <clears throat> sartorial world, um, I mean, there's not many. I, I, I'm not as well versed in who is out there. Um, because I kind of I, I keep inward and I keep focused on clientele. I, I just know, don't pay attention. By the way, he said inward, not n-word. In, in, <laughs> he, he, he in never ward. said the, he never said the n-word. No, but in you, ward. Know, you know it's it's funny. Um, I um, am a big literary fan, and uh, you hear like um, one of my favorite poets. I got his picture on my wall, Charles Bukowski. 
was a he says the same kind of thing about writing. He's like uh, he's like yeah, I don't really hang out with other writers. I just do what I do. And there's an uh, there's a there's a allure to that. It's and, a fear uh, of influence. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want your natural gut instinct and your natural style and your natural talent to be influenced by anybody else. Sure. Um, and it sounds really pretentious. But at the same time, it keeps it pure. Yeah, it, it, it keeps it keeps your style, your effect out on the world, and, and your karma that you put out into the universe. It makes it pure and, and honest. It makes I, a difference. I, I avoid that. other podcasts so much. I don't even listen to Chris when he talks. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, just I, 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 I'm actually even, a big podcast fan. I listen to all, all kinds of podcasts. So. I haven't even heard a thing Chris has said. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> all he does is squeak in the mic all night. Right? It's been a bad night for my squeaking, so. That's okay. I can edit I was, that. It's out. funny. I was uh, I was at work the other day and uh, not the other day today. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking that's got to be one of the oldest professions in the world, right? That and prostitution. Like, it's like prostitution, but the, the prostitutes had to wear clo- something. So making clothes and prostitution. Only like, one tailoring does not endorse or condone prostitution. Sorry, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's true. But I mean, I'm just thinking, like, you know, as far as an industry, like you were saying earlier. I mean, it's been around a very long time. It's it's amazing, man. It's like passed down, like you said, man. Well, because. Uh, like I just actually recently the last couple of years kind of got into American history and stuff like that and looking back historically like not only you think American history all well, everybody just goes to like the wars like Ameri- the revolution the politics of it but I was more interested in like how we went from being like a settlement or a, col- or a colony into like a, a you know a, a federal government a federal like a, a unified country and just the things that go along with that and when you look back to like colonial era clothing, everything was like it. It, it, it everything was, was 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 made. Everything was bespoke. Everything was made to measure because there was no Macy's to go to and get all your clothes from. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So, it, and it's one of the, it's one of these professions or one of these things that you th- that you don't you take for granted. But you think, well, you know, it wasn't uh, from. I mean, I obviously I didn't live two hundred years ago, so I don't know. But it seems like it's one of those things where even the um, poorer people had clothes they might have only had one or two garments but they were garments that were still made to them like there was no such thing as getting some kind of mass-produced thing it was just any clothes you had were were made to you because or they were passed down from somebody in your family that had them and passed them down oldest to youngest kid basically tailoring adjusting every time so this oscar de la renta you said you opened it up which means you adjust you the garment yeah yeah so you you take um I mean, that's, that's kind of the heart and soul of alterations is you take something that exists and you, you form it and mold it into yeah. something that fits each individual body. Um, it, all of the perfections of the human body that, that it needs to go around. Um, and, I mean, you, you open up a De La Renta and you see that the, the way that it's made is made with care. It's made with soul. It's made with passion. And sure, most likely it was made in a factory somewhere or whatever, but... The, the real special pieces are always the ones, in my mind, the ones that stand out are, are his. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic stuff. And I say factories, but, I mean, you know, I don't really know how that all works. So, man, I bet you probably have, especially, um, I can't believe I didn't think to, to, to ask this earlier, because this is something that just popped in my head that makes total sense. And I think I talked about asking you this the first time we talked, but with this, with the uptick in... Uh, for lack of a better term, hipster culture, or like people want to look like their grandpa. Like you must have seen, you must be seeing a lot of people coming in wanting either either vintage clothes, you know, re redone, like we talked about earlier, or just a style that maybe 
you know, just everybody wants. If people are starting to catch on again now, they don't want they don't want to go into, um, you know, the department store. They want to come and get something cool. Like they, they want to find something at a thrift store and then take it to you and get it fit. Have you I mean, have you seen a lot of that? It, it seems it seems the generations that we're working with now, because I, I've seen a shift. And as fashion kind of breathes and flows and has its own life, um, the same thing happens with with like people's perception of fashion. So we get people that love to look like their grandfather. I've had a guy come into the shop a few years ago and say, hey, I'm, I want to leave a lot of room in this. I know it's going to look baggy, but I'm going to gain weight because I take just after my grandfather and my father. Like, but I don't want to have to have this altered again, but I mm -hmm. want it to look as good as it can right now. I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, hipster I did, culture. I didn't realize there was like this. I want to look like my grandfather thing going. Did I miss something? Uh, we're 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 fixing to hit it. Really? I mean, we're fixing to hit it pretty soon. Um, dude, then it's like, just look at our generation, dude. Like the '80s and '90s shit, nostalgia coming back. Like, it might work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're all gonna look like Ross from Friends. And wow. I mean, he's a handsome fellow, but I don't dude, know. I have an old. Are pleats have, gonna make their way back? Dude? Pleats are actually. They're they're not as taboo as they used to be. Um, you know, three, four, five years ago, nobody wanted pleats, and now we're seeing pleats left and right. And the way that I preach to people is, I tell them, these Euro cuts, these these Italian cuts, they're fantastic. They're amazing if you have the material backing it that is going to look really, really good. I mean, you get express suits that are inexpensive. They don't last very long, but they get the job done, mm -hmm. and they have that that Euro style, the higher arm hold. Uh, all of the stuff that comes in with that slim cut, that slim fit. But the problem with that is the, the garment's going to die a lot mm -hmm. sooner because you're putting a lot more stress on the fibers. You're putting more stress sure. on the thread. Makes sense, yeah. So you, you pair that or, or you, uh, well, I guess you counter that with what's called the American cut, the American style, which is a little bit fuller cut, but it's still, you know, decently cut. Um, you don't have as much separation between your side and your uh, elbow, so you don't have a little bit of an hourglass look. It's a little bit boxier, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Uh, made famous, I, I suppose, by Joseph A. Bank. I mean, they are the purveyor of the American cut, it really? seems. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you get a lot of guys now that want pant legs that are far too skinny. That, that mm -hmm. I, I, you know, each person I tell them, I'm like, you're going to lower the lifespan of this garment by doing mm -hmm. this. Are you okay with that? Because I don't want them walking out the door and then going to sit down in the car and then blowing a seam because I'm going to be the first person that they call. I'm going to be the first person they go out, you know, on Yelp or Google and review and say, hey, this dude didn't even tell us about mm -hmm. this. So it's our job to kind of temper the warnings mm -hmm. of what the downsides of a, per, uh, dude, a certain I've, style could be. I've had this experience with you that firsthand. Sense, I yeah. remember when I was going, I had gotten that first coat taken up and I got, I went on this kick where I just wanted everything fitted to me. And I, I had a um I had to have some sleeves taken up on a pea coat. Yep. And I asked you that if I should if the shoulders were too big and I should have them taken in. And you told me you were like, look, if you want it for looks, that's fine. But if you want it to wear, if you want functionality and you want to wear a sweater under this in the wintertime, you're not going to want it to be so tight that you can't put anything under it. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know, it's, I uh, it's it's funny you see like these you know I got this. This, this nice peacoat whatever and you're like well you're gonna wear it in cold weather you're not gonna wear a t-shirt under your peacoat usually so yeah. uh you want you, you want to be able to put stuff under there and that was a great decision because now i have this coat that i probably would have only been able to wear like it wouldn't have been functional it wouldn't have been what i wanted it to be well and you got more money in your pocket because of it yeah like i i tell multiple people every single week like don't 
don't get this altered. Don't do this. You don't need to have this done. It's so close to perfect. Now, if you want to be super nitpicky, absolutely. You know, I'll do it. If you look me in the eye and you're like, hey, Aaron, I really want to spend this money, let's do it. I am a for-profit business, clearly. Every single business out there is for-profit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to support my employees. I'm, I'm trying to support my, you know, my wife and my kids and our lifestyle. Um, but when I have people walk in the door, um, the, the training that I have from my mother um, tells me to say, no, don't do it. Don't waste the money. Like there's, there's other people that'll come into the door and we'll alter stuff for them and we'll be fine. Um, but if it's not going to look good or if it's a bad investment, I send people out of there. If, if somebody comes in and they're like, Hey, I want a custom suit. And I'm like, well, what are you going to, what are you going to do with it? Um, and, and they answer in a way that I feel does not match what my suits would do for them. I send them out and I say, go to Indochino, just, just get, a regular suit mm -hmm. custom made to your body but don't spend the money on mine sure mine are only like $8.95 but you can get an Indochino for $300 is it going to last as long? absolutely not is it going to fit as well? probably not but you're not ponying up a few hundred dollars more on something that you're not going to get a few hundred dollars more out of, out of the I use I guess that plays into what I was kind of talking about earlier with like finding your style and sticking with it because if you're going to pay $800 for a suit you want to pick a, you don't want to pick a style that's trendy you want to pick something that fits your body and that you're going to wear no matter what, no matter when. And we seem to be going more into a timeless culture, especially like I, I consider it the Walmart generation where, I mean, even uh, us, you know, sitting around this table right now, we're affected by the Walmart generation where uh, everything can be considered throwaway. Um, we can go out and we can buy a T-shirt. We can get spaghetti sauce on it. And we just, you know, either use it to wash our cars or we throw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. Like, but... 80, 90 years ago, even 50 years ago, if you threw a t-shirt in the trash, your grandma would pull you by the ear and say, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, we could patch this. We could do something with this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You could keep it. But now the fashion, style, clothing, uh, just about everything is so disposable um, that it's hard, to, it's hard to assist people in understanding where their investment of money is going. I'm a horrible salesperson. Like with walking people out the door and missing on a $900 sale, mm -hmm. I'm hurting my family, I'm hurting my business, but I'm helping people. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. You know, it's funny. This has been a theme that we've had on the pocket. This might be the theme of 2019. Is uh, you know, there's even been some behind the scenes stuff that, you know, going on with my personal life, but even in uh with our guest last week, we had a Ryan Bear from Winner's Beat Oil. He's a good buddy nice. of us. And um but talking about positivity, talking about putting out a good product, whether even whether it whether it, 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 it hurts your business or helps it, you're going to put a good product and do what you think is right. The universe I, will take care of you. Yeah. I think doing what you think and right is, or doing what you think is right in life and being a good person definitely will promote, uh, I don't know, it just, it, even if it doesn't, it just makes you feel like you're doing all right. The way I see it, we get like 80 years of, of sentient life on this planet, and why would you live it any other way than nice? Sure. And it's stressful to not be nice. It's stressful to like, Always be mad or it is. Know, it, is. Like, <laughs> it is. It sucks like, being well, angry. It is way too well, stressful to, to, be, be, like that? to be upset. <laughs> I get yeah. mad when I'm mad. Sure. Like, yeah. And then the people around I'm you mad get mad. I'm mad right and, now. I mean, we've all done it, right? And I'm, it's like, ah. Oh. And then afterwards, like, why? Why? What was that? Yeah, my wife will get mad at me because I don't get upset <laughs> at much. Like, it takes a lot to get me upset. You know, the temper of my youth has been tempered by you know the experiences that I've had. Mm -hmm. And, whoo, man, um, there's just not not enough time. 
Yeah, enough time. 2019 is going to be a good year, I think. Why, uh, why bother being angry at little stuff when you can be walking around in a sweet, bespoke suit? Right. <laughs> ding, ding, sales pitch. When you can look like the, uh, you know, the cover of Reservoir Dogs or... Uh, which I don't know why that keeps popping into my head. That's like me and Chris talk about this all the time. Like that's the epitome for us, like I guess in our age group of like the cool guy suit, like skinny tie, slim fit, you know, just or like just even custom shirts. Like in uh, I know that John Constantine. Oh, dude! Anything you know, Keanu Reeves ever touched. All of his suits always look amazing. Uh, I think it's the filling. Too. It's the filling. He's yeah. a very attractive man. Yeah, that's it. Well, dude. also I think uh, we forget sometimes as people watching shows that um, that they have. Um, you know, maybe not on every show, but on the popular shows and the big actors, they have people making their clothes for them, or they or they can afford clothes that. Like, uh, I was a big fan of Californication. That oh show. yeah, and, the company. Yeah, and you watch that show and you're like, oh, he's just wearing a pair of jeans and a black t-shirt and some some Chelsea it boots. Looks so good. But then when you when I go out and try to buy a pair of jeans and a, t- and a t-shirt, I'm like, this doesn't. I don't. I don't look like David Duchovny. What's yeah. going on here? I yeah. want to believe. Sure. <laughs> I want to believe. I look that good. Yeah. And, uh, but it's it's amazing what a nice suit or just a really nice outfit in general does for your confidence. So it's amazing. It's like some every time I put on a suit, I feel feel important or I feel you know I feel an extra little step above. You know what? This it makes is you feel good, man. It does. It does, man. And this is an interesting. You know, we talked about hipsters earlier. I just I was just going over some stuff in my head, just let my mind wander a little bit, and. Uh, they it's kind of a catch twenty two that like the hipster might be like the enemy and the friend of the tailor all at once because they're super into getting like old timey or custom stuff made, but also roll their jeans up instead of getting hemmed. So they're taking business away by it's, rolling their jeans up. They're taking hemming business away. It's uh, it's it's urged uh, sustainability. I think the hipster <laughs> generation really really has you know it, to speak good about it. I think is yeah. I agree, honestly. Yeah, well, man. I, I have to admit, I've, I've bought several pairs of jeans, extra long, with the intention of, like, I'm rolling, I'm buying this pair to roll up, you know? <laughs> like, this is my roll-up pair of jeans, you know? I have been a big fan of this, like, um, slim fit era because I can actually find clothes that fit me regular, being a smaller, skinnier guy. It's like they don't normally sell, like, 28, 28 you know, in Levi's, so yeah. I have to. That's what, which is why every single pair of Levi's I own has gone through only one tailoring, <laughs> because like three pair, three pair. Yep, he's got maybe four. Yep, three pair. Do you have a <laughs> photographic memory of what everyone gets? Like Tony's we, had four uh, pairs all too. We like don't, <laughs> but I've got <laughs> mental photographs. I'm horrible with names, but I'm really good with faces. Really good yeah, with all yeah. that, but maybe I don't know. I mean, he looked at my pants today and knew they were his work by by the hem, so. Question: You said you worked with Brad Paisley, right? Yes. And you did you go? You were at the award ceremony with him behind stage. Yeah, that must have been cool, man. It is. It is a lot of fun. I got access to the green room, which is cool. So they have all the like the the catered food, you know, for the celebrities yeah, yeah. and stuff. It's really rad. Um, you know, I got to stand next to and talk to Justin Timberlake and uh, uh, Shatner. Uh, got to talk with him for a little bit oh, a few cool. years back. Um, I got to tell Beyonce's security guard that no, I was not in fact going to stop in the hallway so Queen Bee could pass by. I was doing something for the host of the show, so get out yeah. of my way. Yeah, that was rad. You <laughs> know, um, a, a little. A little weird, got an adrenaline rush out of that after that yeah, happened. Yeah, you to stand up to yeah. the queen bee. Well, I mean, look at me. I'm like 170 pounds of not muscle. I'm a tailor, mm. you know, <laughs> a lover, not a fighter. And uh, 
I mean, yeah, backstage is awesome. It's frantic. It's, you know, frenetic. But, I mean, I enjoy it. But it's something that I grew up on. Um, I was talking to a guy today and just kind of running him through my life. Um, He's working uh, on a project with me. And he was blown away by it. And it's the stuff that I just consider every day. And I've never really been that good at talking about myself. Uh, But I'm slowly trying to come out of my shell so I can actually, you know, let people know what we do. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, man, was because, uh, like, not only am I super interested in what you, in what you do, but, like, now I come to find out you have so much more cool stuff that we can go dive into. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a little. But, um, I mean, we are coming up on an hour. So, Chris, you got anything else you want to? Well, I, I was just curious. I'm still intrigued by it. I want to know, like, other celebrities or... I just want to know, does it help you, to, like, working behind the scenes with Brad Paisley? Has it brought you business? I'm, I'm just like, have you gained? Do you, the, do you have, do you have like, like, some business cards in your pocket where you're, <laughs> like, hooking, hooking Brad's jacket up? You're like, hey, bro, you know. Like, on the on the odd occasion, yes. Um, yeah. But a lot of times, um, the way that, that, like, Louise Mandrell, who took my mom under her wings and taught her how to handle celebrities, how to handle all of this, okay. um, and I love Louise for that, and she's a fantastic woman. Um my mom then taught me as an extension, you don't talk about yourself. You don't go up to a celebrity and say, hey, you know, this is me. You go up to a celebrity and say, hey, this is you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gets it gets a little hairy when you're trying to... Um, well, most people most people who are celebrities in any way, they, they, there is a level... And I talk about this with Faith all the time because I like, I'm, I'm a writer and Faith is a, a singer. So people who do some kind of art uh, not that I consider myself an artist, but people who do some kind of art creative thing, they, there is, there's a level of narcissism that goes into that to think sure. that other people want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So if you are on the level of being a celebrity, th- you you got to pander to the celebrity of, yeah. of them. Anybody that has over 50,000 Instagram followers, I don't talk about myself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> is that the rule? Yeah, that's oh, my okay. rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my Instagram is like, it's like Chris and my mom. Right, I've got like I don't know. Yeah, ours ours is slowly boosting. I think we're at like sixteen seventy seven because I'm I'm like religiously checking it every day. Like, ooh, who's following us now? Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's still like spider webs and you know, eh, whatever. It's weird. Social media is an odd beast, but yeah, it is. That's another topic for another day. <laughs> I do. I play music, and so yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's tough being in bands. You know what's uh, I have gone in. I think even this last place, multiple times I've gone into your to your shop, and you see, uh, like stuff in there that people might not think they can even get. Taylor, like there was a, I've seen like you guys can do like leather jackets and all kinds of stuff. Like, yep. uh, I even had like some faux leather shit that I had like I bought on the cheap, and I just wanted to get the sleeves taken up, and you guys were able to do that. Like you guys do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Even stuff that people might not think that you can get. Like anything can. Like almost anything could be. Is there something? Actually, that's a good question. Is there, some, is there something that you that cannot be messed with that you can't tell? Her? There are a few things that I pull a hard stop on. Um, I am okay working on furs that was, have been was, passed down. I'm not a big down, friend yeah. of working on furs that have just been purchased um, because of, I mean, just the environmental aspects and, and the cruelty aspects mm-hmm. of, of fur in general. I'm not a big fan of. Um, at the end of the day, I am the people's servant. I will work on stuff. Um, uh, so if it's like a passed down fur, if it has history to it and it's been well-treated, well-preserved, if it's been kept in a cloth bag rather than a plastic bag, mm. it's been conditioned properly and it's not like paper, 
and somebody can actually come in and get a good return on their investment for the time that I work on it, then I'll work on it. Um, but honestly, when it comes to textiles, there's not, like I said before, there's not really anything that I've attempted to work on that I couldn't work on. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Mad skills over here. Yeah, we get, <laughs> yeah, we get, well, I don't know about that. I, I guess so. But uh, we get people in just about every week that said, um, you know, I've been to two or three other places and called two or three other places, and they said they either can't or won't do that uh, on whatever garment. And I'll just look at it and be like, yeah, dude, that's that's fine. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, why did you go to two or three other places? Why don't you just come to us? Yeah. So uh, actually, that's, I mean, we're running along here, but this is interesting. Like, why would someone, like, what would be something that somebody would turn away that you... Well, we, we just had it. Um, we had it uh, yesterday, actually. A, a gentleman walked in the door. Um after calling and speaking with my wife, um, who then spoke to me uh, by extension while he was on the line, um, about a um, a fur-backed jacket that he had received, um, that wasn't. It's it's hard to tell if it's real leather on one side or if it's um, bonded leather on cloth with either really really realistic fur that he's inherited. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the people said no we can't we can't work on that and with the jacket on him i took it apart and Hmm. just kind of made it work yeah and i I, honestly i look at some garments and i'm like i don't understand how people couldn't work on that Mm -hmm. you think that has a is a testament to the fact that you you know like you like you were saying about not being too much into the scene like you learned from your family and maybe that you have perhaps a uh um I don't know, like, I'm not going to say a, a daring or, like, a, a risk-taking thing, because you, it, to you it's not. But, like, like it, there might be something, like, in the in the aura, like, in the zeitgeist of the of the, the trade yeah. that people are like, no, nah, we don't mess with that. But you, coming from a place where you just did everything, because that's just to. the way you learned, yeah. you're, like, you're not scared of diving into whatever. Yeah, not particularly. I, I always tell, you know, everybody, if they come in and they've got a challenge for me, it's it's refreshing. I don't get to work on a lot of things now that give me a challenge. A lot of things don't take me a lot of time to work on, but people don't pay me because it takes me so little time to do. They they pay me because yeah. it can take me so little time to do. It reminds me of uh, back home. I had a lot of friends that were tattoo artists, or oh. I had a couple of friends, and they'll say the same thing. They'll say, you know, hey, we can, you know, when somebody comes in with something that I like to do, that I want to do, or that that I, I'm interested in doing, you eat it up. Like yeah, that they're like they're way more into it than mm-hmm. someone who just come in and like wants you know. I love vulnerable. it. I get a smile on my face. I get all excited. I'm like, holy crap! You know, I've got all these other deadlines on the side, but dude, I really want to work on this one piece. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to set it aside and be like, nah, I can't. The the computer says I can't do that yet. That's funny. That's cool though, man, because uh, that definitely is like what like like what you said before. Yeah, everybody that comes in is. Uh, is equal across the board when it comes to your absolutely professionality so yeah i've been told in the past by a lady that, that walked in the door and, and granted no she did not get the, the 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 kind of service that she needed the the kind of service that she should have had that she could have expected from only one tailoring but all of it was a complete misunderstanding she walked out the door very upset and called me and said you know and like i'm really close to writing a review and I was like you have that right like I'm telling you as a person mm-hmm. that I'm sorry like that that wasn't supposed to happen that way um, and you know we'll do better in the future if you want to use us um, but you have the right to go online and write a review um, 
you know, I hope that it's a positive review. But if it's not, I'll take it on the chin if we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of stuff happens, but rarely. I hope. Knock on uh, wood without messing up the mic. All right. There we it's go. All right. Uh, no, that's cool, man. I think uh, I've satisfied. I mean, there's so much stuff I can go into, man, because I'm interested. There's so, so much stuff that probably I don't even know I want to ask. But every time you start talking about something, it breeds like more like more stuff that I it's interesting. But again, this might be one of those things that I'm super interested in. So uh, Everybody else has already turned this off. They're like, eh. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. no, believe me. Because uh, it's something that I think everybody um, – I mean, especially when you when you live in the in a in a, in a city, or uh, I don't know, even if you're just a, if you're like a normal person in the world today, like you are, people are into what they look like, or not 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 he necessarily. He makes church on a, suits too, guys. On a judge, you, what's that? He makes church suits too. Church suits as well. Church so suits. Yeah. I do suits that envelop an entire building. Interesting. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see this. <laughs> he make, he make a, he's he's so good. He's made us a virtual shoot for our well, suit for our podcast. Case, you need to make a suit for the Hulk, or like the you know, so that way can you make a suit that that doesn't tear Dude, away. He already has the most amazing pants. Yeah, I don't even have, I don't know how that works. They fit his waistline. You ever notice that? Like, yeah. And it's never you Why can tell it it's only not his like waist that holds on. Yeah. I have no, well because he can't show. You know what? Yeah. I mean, so apparently, like his waist size stays the same when he becomes the Hulk. I don't know. That's crazy because we'll those shorts out. always stay on there. And purple, things. interesting choice for for a Hulkster. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Banner. <laughs> that's it. Oh, or Banner or even or even the other Hulkster. The uh, I mean, we're all uh, '80s and '90s kids. What about the old? Uh, nobody has better fashion than the WWE. Oh in the, yeah. Uh, yes. Your. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going over to the Eric Bana uh, version of the Hulk, which I actually oh, yeah. liked. You know, I, I thought that was good. I don't think they were. I don't think either any of them were as bad as people say they were. No, like, it was just it was the writing, yeah. and also that, like, look back, looking back at the like Eric Bana now, you're like the CGI was like left something to be desired compared to today. Dope, but back the then, you're like back then it was like people were like, oh, it doesn't look. They said, they said the same thing about the Star Wars movies. Though. It doesn't look real. It's not. It's not real, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> right. Not, <laughs> suspend your disbelief and actually be entertained rather yeah, than being sure. like jaded yeah. and nasty. Everybody yeah. walked out of like I remember all like my uh, my my uh, like fastidious friends would walk out of you know like, this, this, the, like uh, what was it the Clone Wars or whatever that what was the first Star Wars one that Episode One uh, complaining about you know complaining Phantom about Menace, right? Phantom Menace. And then I'm like, dude, we just saw like lightsabers and shit. Like, how, what, what are you, what are you mad about? Like, we just, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you completely. So, man, uh, one more time, where can everybody find you and hit you up? Uh, well, uh, our shop in Nashville. Um, like I said, 2508 8th Avenue South, uh, just around the bend. Um, online, our website, onlyonetailoring.com, which I'm assuming will be like in the show notes and yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on our Instagram. At only one tailoring, we're on Facebook, that kind of thing. I mean, a quick Google will find us, but sure. yeah. and just uh, start screaming if your pants rip, and I, I can right. hear you. <laughs> I have, I've got a, a thread sense or spidey mm-hmm. sense. I don't know what it is. I There's do a like joke the there, but I didn't. I get it. I get yeah, it. <laughs> I do like the fact that your uh, your business cards are, are round. Oh, everybody uh, hates that. All really? of my call, yeah, all of my colleagues oh. hate that. I, I belong to a networking group called BNI on uh, uh, West Nashville uh, BNI, and uh, one of my guys came to me and he said, "You know, I love your cards, but and he opened up his little his little book where he, we keep all of our business cards, and he's like, but yeah. yours doesn't fit.'" And I'm like, "That's the point. You always yeah. gotta hold it, baby." That's it. 
Interesting. And, you know, people will say that the business card, you know, is a dead thing. But I tell you what, especially doing a, a podcast where, like, we promote ourselves a lot out on the town. Mm-hmm. Um, when you tell somebody what you do, they can, they're going to turn around and talk to somebody else and forget about it in a second. But you put a card in somebody's pocket, and even if they forget about you, they'll wake up the next day and be like, oh, who's, oh yeah, I remember they're talking to this person. Yep. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many, because uh, every time, or not, not so much anymore because I got so many of them, but the first couple times I went in, I would always grab a couple to, to hand out to people because I, I had gone to a couple of uh, nameless places before I went to you just from living in town for so long. And then I found you right down the street from the apartment, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go here. And then the, ex- immediately what, what turned me on was what you said earlier about, like, I got to not, not only was it the professional opinion of the person that helped me, but it was the fact that I got to say how I wanted it in the first place. And I've gotten stuff done before that, that they didn't even ask me or even. They, they walk in, they take the measurement, and they, you know, they send you out the door, and you're just trusting that they have a professional opinion. But, you know, you don't, not, not every pair of pants, or for me it's pants because I'm just a shorter guy, but not every pair of pants do you want to look exactly the same. Right. You right. want... You know, you have your going out pants and you got your chilling pants. You yes. Know? Like, you know, like Chris's wide assortment of denim jackets. You know, he's got his chilling denim jacket and he's got his, uh, he's got his dress denim. It's a pretty it's sweet looking jacket. Hanging over the, uh, shoulder there, so. That's actually something that me and Faith. I like um, it bigger. We, we, me and I her actually, luckily we both agree on this, but we argue with other people about it. So is there, is there actually a, I'm not going to say a right way, but is there a, a gender, like a, a way that for the shoulders to sit? Because, you know, you you want, you know, you, you see those guys that wear like the shirts or the suits, and there's sh- like there's always I guess not every sh- not every store bought shirt is gonna be perfect, but if it's egregiously like off the off the shoulder, I mean that's bad, right? It looks bad. Ooh, man, you mentioned running long. Uh, all right, um, well, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on a lot of factors. Um, you can have a shirt that fits far off the shoulders, but still be relatively comfortable. Uh, still have a good range of motion, depending on how high your arm holds. Talking are. to you, Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean you're you're far off the shoulder, but you you've got a higher cut armhole, so you still maintain that range of motion. If you got a far armhole, but you got a wide you know upper chest and, and waist, then you're going to feel like you're swimming in a shirt. Um, so coming down to like the fit, if you if you feel the outside of your your deltoid or whatever, and you feel where that bone is. That's about where you want your shirts to hit. That's roughly where you want your suit jackets to hit and all your other clothes to hit that you wear on your upper body. Um, there are always exceptions to those rules, uh, depending on the style of the garment. Like the, the jacket that you've got on right now, uh, that's supposed to fit that way. It's not supposed to be up on that shoulder bone. It would be uncomfortable if it fit on that shoulder Probably, bone because yeah. um, you're putting a lot of weight on that. That's a that's like a 14 or 16 ounce denim that you're wearing. Yeah, and sick. Yeah, I mean, if you if you wore that like you would wear a suit jacket or a shirt, mm-hmm. the the top of your shoulders is going to be you know rubbed raw, <laughs> you know. That's true, that's true. Uh, I'm not yeah, saying you, you wear your denim jacket without a shirt on, but you should. All right. Hey, uh, I, I think that should be your new podcast uniform: denim jacket, yeah. no shirt. I wish I had the fancy one with the lining on the inside, but yeah. I have actually put lining inside denim jackets before. Oh, have you? Did that? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a fun process that I don't like doing, but I will if somebody tells me they want it. Yeah. The, uh, it's funny because, you know, you mentioned like how yeah, rubbish shoulder. A, a, there's a thin line, I guess, between something looking the way it's supposed to look 
and making like cause, you know I, I guess I'm thinking of the way a good uh, fitted suit coat will make you it'll help your posture like it'll make you stand up straight yep but it also if you're not used to wearing something like that could feel uncomfortable at first because you're not used to standing like that oh yeah you're, you're, it doesn't at first in, until you get used to wearing it it doesn't feel comfortable because you are not used to having to stand up straight you know those, those guys that get that that suit made for church or they, or they only wear a suit like one day a week at church and then and you see them like walking around looking like with their chest all poked out because they're not because <laughs> they're not used to wearing a coat well, I always tell everybody that walks in the shop, um, you know, if we're fitting a jacket, we're fitting a shirt, we're fitting anything, especially if we're checking like the arm length, is you know, shake out, relax, take a deep breath, you know, don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, shake out your arms, take a deep breath, yeah. you're fine, everything's cool, let's get a good reading. I had a guy in today, he, he got fitted for a custom shirt and uh, to, to check his uh, chest, because he was a chest breather, not a belly breather, um, I got a, a 34 around his chest. And then he actually started to breathe and relax after I told him to shake his arms out. I got a 35. That's an inch difference. Yeah. That's a major difference when you're talking about the chest. Yeah, because think about it. Like Everybody would like to think that they look at themselves, that they look um, when they're going out like they do in the mirror getting ready. But when you're in the mirror getting ready, you're standing like perfect posture. posture. Yep. You look good. You're standing. But then when you're out, if anybody who's ever caught a picture or a who's seen a picture of themselves taken candidly knows that you don't always look like you think you look in yeah. the mirror. Yep. Like you're slouching, you're weird positions, you're you know, you got your leg up or something. It's it's <laughs> well, the girls when they do the <laughs> yeah, nothing's ever as flattering as you want it to be. No. Unfortunately. But that that's where, you know, the advice of a good tailor, somebody that's gonna be honest with you. Um, that's gonna be you know, basically forthright and Chris and knows be that from all his sex tapes. They're never you never Never look like. I've never seen one of those, but I'm gonna go out to the Blockbuster and rent one tonight. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> the Blockbuster, yeah. Or the Hollywood video. Oh yeah. You guys ever seen the movie Train Spotting? <laughs> accidentally <laughs> drop off. The, yeah. On that well, note. On that note. <laughs> seriously, no. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. This you was really it. cool to talk to you about some stuff. Yeah, it's been that fun. I was always been interested in. Chris, well, you it's got almost like else? a calendar year. In the making. Yeah. I don't yeah. have anything else, actually. I'm not even going to spot the band tonight. I'm just going to keep it all about no? this guy here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to selfishly stand with you tonight. You're, you're, you're the we'll host of the show. You that. get to have some political. No, I'm you passing want. on that today. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what, then? I'm in, your, uh, in the light of, uh, of uh, chivalry, I'm going to pass on my plugs, too. And we'll just say to go, if you guys have anything, you, you, you guys know you have that old stuff in your closet. It's, the, it's after the, the holidays now. Maybe you got some new stuff that doesn't quite fit right, but you like it. Or maybe you got some old stuff that was handed down to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, I, I got this old uh, corduroy Levi, Levi Strauss jacket. Oh, I got to see that. In the, in the closet that uh, I'm just looking. I'm waiting for some reason like to, for it to get cool again so I can wear it. But maybe I'll just make it cool again by yeah. taking it in. So uh, take it to only one. You guys do incredible work. I've had tons of stuff down there. Jackets, pants, all kinds of stuff. I appreciate it. And... Uh, in fact, I was I was talking to Faith the other day. I was like, I it's so hard for me to find shirts like button downs from being a shorter guy. Even if I find it to fit up top, button downs fit me like a like a dress all the time. Yeah. And I can't stand the fact I I don't I can't I like wearing button downs, but I don't like when the 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 tails the front tails like come down below the crotch of my pants. Like I want I think it should sit you know at where it's supposed to sit. Yeah, it's not a onesie. Exactly, and uh. This, the actual shirt I'm wearing right now, this is actually a question I wasn't going to ask, but since we're talking about it, the, uh, like the shirt I'm wearing right now, I like the way this fits. And it's a, it's a store-bought American Eagle or something like that, but I, I like the way it fits. So let's say that this shirt uh, is getting worn out, but I know I like it to fit exactly like this. Could I take an ar- a garment into you and be like, hey, man, I really like this. Can you make something that 
that is this to this measurement and it fits me like this yeah yeah for sure we can draft a pattern directly off of that but what i would do is i would have you put it on in front of our three-way mirror just make sure that you really are seeing what you think you're seeing yeah you know um you tell me I don't look as good I think I look. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, I'm saying that there's certain critiques that need to be made just to make sure that you're getting, again, I've said it, like this is the third time return on investment. So. I thought I loved this shirt. You made me hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've all got those shirts, too, that look good in a certain, like like you were saying about the, uh, you know, getting like a, a store-bought suit yeah. that looks good for like an event, but it's not going to have the, uh, you know, it's, it's probably glued, not sewn, so it's going to get all hot and gross and, and oh, yeah. not look right when it sits. I, so... But um, we do that with shirts, right? Like I got a bunch of shirts from like H and M that look really cool with the, you know, for like the one or, you know, the the, the the couple times a year I wear them, but they're like they're super tight and they're they don't they they look nice, but there's no maneuverability in them. There's no like comfort. There's no second skin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, even my normal skin is not that tight. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Know. So um, yeah, man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. Absolutely, it was fun. And uh, if you guys, if you have any, we didn't get even get the touch on the masquerade. But if anytime you have like a, like a, a big event coming up or something that is, you know, because we love to promote anything in Nashville, so hit us up, man. Let's uh, yeah. hang out, come back, come, come back by. I mean, your shop is right down the road. <laughs> any Friday night, you come back and talk to us for a little bit. Absolutely, man. we're fixing to do on. the Music City Masquerade here uh, coming next week, and it'll be a blast, I think. That's got to be fun for you to like kind of stretch your legs out, right? Like I'm to excited. Do some cool stuff for that. You said you were making an outfit for your wife? I'm making an outfit for the wife. She doesn't know about it, but thankfully, uh, I don't know when this podcast you, comes out. I think you know her measurements right. just right. You gotta... I know them well enough. <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know. That's okay. This will come out next Friday, but we can cut that part out. <laughs> oh, no, we're fine. By that time, she'll already know about it. She'll know about it tonight, actually. Cool. So nice. We'll, we'll nice. be fine. All right, Chris, you sure you got nothing else? I'm good, bro. All right, man. Well, again, thanks for hanging out with us, man. I'm glad we got to pick your brain a little bit. This was really fun for me. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it. Cool. Times. Well, then we'll see Cheers. you guys next week on a... Uh, what do we have coming up next week? I don't even know what we got coming You're up. We're going we got, to Cuba, we, so... I'll, I'll be in Cuba when you guys actually hear this. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so there we go. But uh, we're going to have Malibu Blackout back on, because I want to talk about some of your new singles you're dropping, man. Yeah. Uh, Chris sang me a song the other night that he was working on that was super cool. Um, so we're going to have you guys back on. And uh, I got nothing going on, so I'm just gonna be here doing the podcast. I'm, I'll be in my little, I'll, I'll be in my editing cave, just uh, t- tick tapping away on these picks. I'm sure I'll be working. I'm so tired. I will right, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.